I've got 29 variants of green. I bet you've not got, like, Russian green, have you? I've got uh, refractive green. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Phosphex Party. We've got all the same people that we have on normally. At least I think it's the same people. It's certainly me and Ross and Ant and Spin. We don't normally have anybody else on. Uh, we are going to be covering our hobby progress. We are going to be covering some new releases. We're going to be talking about our consoles. Pravian's Legion Champion, uh, Legion Champion Forge Lord Herald. We're also going to go through the what if questions submitted and piecing out. We're also going to do a very quick cliff notes because Craig has fucked us in the eye hole. Absolute Thanks, robot bitch. <laughs> Fucking bellend. I mean, so, at least we caught it this time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So which bits are we cliff noting? Uh, pretty much you, the you, you and stuff, Spin, wasn't it? Yeah, you and Spin have done fuck all. I paid become... something. Whoa. Stuff. Uh, okay. Whoa, Ross I haven't even fuck got all. to mine. <laughs> Have you not? No, I didn't say Ross, anything. Ross, have you done anything? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Reading a book does not count. <laughs> what about reading seven books? No, it doesn't in count. May, when was the last in May, time I read seven books. That's great. Considering Ross has gone brush. months without reading. Uh, just hang on, hang on. Can we just clarify? When you say books, are we including jazz mags in that? No, we're not. <laughs> jazz mags. Who buys jazz mags now? I don't they know. sell them anymore. Yeah, we do. <laughs> not everybody's got the internet spin. Fucking hell. Really? So, so fucking entitled. But <laughs> 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 everyone had a phone with internet on these days. Yeah, but imagine if you're in the middle of the field, as in you're on manoeuvres or so, you can't exactly just whip out your phone, you just whip out your cock in a magazine instead. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were talking about a farmer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Anne remembers the joy of being a, a child and finding a jazz mag in a hedge. I'm sure he does. <laughs> right. <of> it. <laughs> that, oh, this is not in... I've, mm. I just have to talk about how Dan Abner has it personally out for me. Oh, so what is it? What is he got? Like a hitman aimed for you, right? So I read Saturnine, okay, mm. and okay, I'm going to throw it out there. Spoilers to anyone who hasn't read Saturnine, but he kills like three of my favourite characters in that book. What a dick! Like it's such fucking, a good book, though. Janisha Kroll just gets hit by the Khan train. He just runs into her and doesn't even realise he did it. I, I've said this what? on many occasions. She goes out like a literal motherfucker. Like, I was like, how dare? I'm not even going to talk about what happened on that bridge. <laughs> I've oh. blanked that from my memory. So then I was like, okay, Ollie's been making a big fuss about um, Pentient, so I better read Pariah. You mean which Pentient? Is, which is, Pentient? Uh, yeah, you, you said Pentient like they like her chip from the 90s. <laughs> penitent um, so i read pariah which is the first one and i was like yeah cool that's a nice build-up right it's not it's not too bad as far as a dan abnett book goes it's very it's good it's got good characters in it then i read see now i'm scared to say the word again penitent penitent got it right right but don't have the books pass. they normally build don't they you get about halfway through and it starts to, to speed up and it then it has this big crescendo at the end 
So too this much book, fucking crescendo in some cases. <laughs> this book starts at like a run. And it's like, holy shit, like these books don't normally they're not normally this action packed straight away. And then it gets faster and faster and faster and faster until there was uh, there's one scene where some spooky shit's happening and my postman knocked on the door and I, I genuinely nearly shit myself. I nearly put that book in the freezer because I was like, nope. And then all the way through, Ollie had been like the very last line of the book, the very last line. I read that like, I got to like the final three or four pages and I started putting my hands over the parts of the pages I, weren't, I wasn't reading because I know what I'm like. I'll glance at the other page. I read the last line, closed the book, put the book down and just sat there thinking about just had to have a had to have a, like a good 10 minutes of like processing what i'd read to the point where Hello. they'll look to me and went are you okay i was like no no i'm really not <laughs> like ollie said it's like that uh that music video where there's the guy lying in the street oh fuck um yes i know and everyone everyone goes and asks him what's wrong and then when he when he tells them they all lie down in the street as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so what I thought. Sorry, hmm. go. I'm just going to say, I think that's like a, a a philosophical thought experiment. Is is what it's based off. I can't remember it now. Oh, fair. So I thought to myself, right, I don't want to jump straight into Mortis after that. So I'll read Anarch, which is also by Dan Abnett, Gaunt's Ghosts. You know. So I'm like two thirds of the way through Anarch, and he's killed so many of my favourite characters that I don't want to read it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's just out to make me sad like um i i i think i've said to you i've not i, I reread all the gaunt's goats books and i had to have a two-week break when i got to the bit where fuck it everybody's read the gaunt ghost books haven't they yeah the early ones yeah. at least. i yeah, think yeah. i know who you're talking uh, about yeah uh, when brad gets <laughs> it i was like oh yeah no i'm not happy about that at all not happy at all Two week, two and a half week break I had to have from the books after that. <laughs> so I've no. never read the Gaunt's Ghost books. You fucking should. They're real good. I read the read the first three. And I've said this in the chat before. I think is for me is that back when the Gaunt's Ghost were released was when I kind of kind of really started getting into forty k as a gamer, and I was the atypical Space Marine fan. Like all the novels. You know, anything that wasn't got a space marine in it, I probably wasn't interested in. And I tried reading the Gaunt's Ghost, like the first three in an omnibus, and I just found them a bit of a slog, so I never really got into I'll, them at that point. I'll say this about Gaunt's Ghost. The first three are good, but they are slower. Mm. When Necropolis happens, that's when it picks up as a... It's almost like Dan Abner, they were his first for, like foray into 40k. Um... And I'm pretty. I'm pr- I think I'm pretty safe in saying the first three came before he wrote Eisenhorn. Right, and, and you can kind of tell after the third book, he's hit his stride. He's confident in in what he's doing because yeah. Necropolis is such a more is such a more powerful book than the first. I've said that. Yeah, I think the um, Eisenhorn was the first non-space marine related book I uh, by Games Workshop that I really enjoyed. That wasn't part of the original Ian Watson kind of. Uh, uh, books. Uh, that, I, I'm counting reading seven books as uh, <laughs> as hobby. Um, do you want to quickly run us through what you did because we got Robo fucked? Okay, so I did Stargrave Crew. Um, I did finished off my Warmaster on 
dead and started on my Beastie Boys. So Beastie Boys. I'm, I'm actually current. I'm, I'm kind of painting them at the minute. So I'm, I'm currently doing 10 gore. Gores or ungores, actually. So these are the guys that stand around the rock and get sacrificed so I can then get a summoning point, which I means I can bring other shit on, apparently. So yeah, I've got to read the rules a bit more. But yes, so that's been my hobby for the month. It's been quite chilled, to be honest with you. Been quite chilled out. Dan's been worshipping toasters. Yes, I've been worshipping toasters. I've painted jack shit, but I am now one with the digital world. I am in the new sphere. And uh, in terms of making 3D models in Blender and shit, and also now video editing, and we're going to be doing some sexy content. You took the red pill, didn't you? I did. It's fucking ace. I'm like the architect now. <laughs> <laughs> You're all my bitches. Yeah. And uh, Spin, how many shades of green have you got? Uh, 26. And uh, I've uh, started painting some Storm Fiends for AOS. And took That's longer it. to paint a uh, an epic sized dreadnought than you would do a normal dreadnought. Can I just say, uh, <laughs> twenty six shades of green is like a really shit spin off from the Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey series. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about I mean, uh, how you can how you can fuck in a field and be eco friendly. <laughs> yeah. Why have I got kale up my ass? I hope that <laughs> rope is made of hemp and it's naturally sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus H Christ! Uh, who's, is that it? Is that for hobby? That, yeah, that's, 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 the, like, that's the rapid hobby round. Yeah, fine, cool. Shall we move on to then? Uh, I think possibly the best two consoles they've released are oh, the Imperial Fist ones. Yeah, you see? and that's not just because they're Imperial Fist. I think they've got some really interesting poses. When they when they dropped, I think one of the first things I said in chat was, mm, "I'm starting to feel awfully loyal." <laughs> and everyone, everyone gave me shit, but no, the poses are really good. The, the power armored guy, especially with his, because uh, he looks like he's turning to give someone some sword. <laughs> Giggity! Oh yes, yeah, I think yeah, I think for me it came off the back of reading Saturnine, so I've been kind of at war with myself because I really I don't like Rogel Dawn at all like as a character mm. but Abnett wrote him in such a way that made me not like him but at least sympathize with with like what he has to do like His he's task, basically yeah. yeah like he's been posed with the impossible task and he's got all these like sigismund who he's is on the naughty step and um like fafnir ran camber diaz the, these like really fucking cool space marine characters and then um I think it's the first time that the book has, like, the novel series has introduced, uh, like, the new the new intake of Marines that haven't been part of the Great Crusade. So all they really know is, like, fortifying the palace. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, they, they dropped at a point where I was already starting to like the Imperial Fists a little bit. And, like, if I didn't already have a Loyalist Legion, I think I'd have been, like, on the yellow train at that point. It's a good train to be on. They are, they are very nice. They are very nice Proto models. Uh, although, I, I, unfortunately, it, there is a once-seen-can't-unseen meme going around about one of them, which is the, um, I think the, the power-armoured Praetor, his pose is 
reminiscent of a meme of a small child in a yellow coat running away from oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's such I a good one. see it. It's, that's it. That's all it is now. Um, that is basically the meme. Um, but, 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 you know, they are they are just very cool miniatures. They're, you know, they're, 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 what I like about them is that they don't, I don't think they remind me of other miniatures that we've seen elsewhere in terms of, like, their pose or, you know, oh, it's just simply a CAD Rock up of something they've, else that we've they've seen got before. a real sense of movement without having a silly running pose. Yeah, um, yeah. And hands up, like I said before we started recording, I talked mad shit on the last episode about how Forge Road need to like show us stuff and talk to us, and then less than a week later they dropped the the uh, the article with Malagurst. Oh yeah. yeah. So God mm, damn it! I kind of I'm gonna hold my hands up to that one, and be like, okay, okay, they're they're talking to us, but I, I still don't think it's enough. But yeah, Malagost. We didn't talk about Malagost. Yeah, Malagost. That's the really. I really like that model. Um, See, I've got but, a couple of issues with it personally, and they're just trying. little tiny like bugbears. His armor looks more like the plastic CSM from Forty K than it does, say True. the um, like the Reaver squads. And like, I don't know. It's just a personal niggle. Because in the article it talks about early Crusade Malagast, whereas it looks more like like late that heresy Malagast. More like heresy, uh, like, like you know. I mean, it's, it feels really like late heresy. I mean, it's dark. The banner's got uh, scores hanging off it with like markings on it, which is very kind of chaosy. Fine. <laughs> I think like the article about was just the, written wrong, to be fair, because it, it, that's not the he, first time that's happened, is it? He turned into like Erebus Light towards the end, didn't he? Hmm. It's still a cool model, but yeah. Now I'm looking at it again. I do see, uh, w- you know, what you mean about like the. It's got a very 40k chaos space marine vibe. But I suppose uh, I think if you ignore the the the, the store, you know, the the article saying it's early. Um, I would say you know the um, you know the banner bearer that's available for um, Sons of Horus oh, Command. Sons of Horus. Yeah, I'd say that was yeah. early Crusade kind of era Malagost, whereas this is meant to be late Crusade. Uh, yeah, Malagurst, I, I guess so. like, al- almost without exception, every Sons of Horus army I've seen that have got a Malagurst, they use that model. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it it's a really nice model, and I only mention it because I don't know. I I either want to see more Sons of Horus with that style of army, with that style of armor. Sorry, that aren't the plastic CSM because they are out of scale with everything else. And I know that mm. that makes the true scalers happy, but I think. The I'm not going to say there needs to be uniformity across everything, but if you have you either do your army entirely in the plastics so they all look the same, because I I find it really jarring when you have like uh, like a tall plastic space marine next to one of the resin ones, because obviously yeah. the, the new CSM is scaled to Primaris. Yeah, I I um all my assault marines are um the resin dudes. But th- that was as much a um, aesthetic choice because it's like you could have used some of like you know Mark IV bodies with just the assault arms or something like that, or for a few of them. But they don't they don't look they stand out. Yeah, so. I mean Ollie uses Raptors, but it works because he uses yeah, them yeah. across his whole his whole army. Yeah, so, yeah. it's it's a consistency thing. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if my models are smaller than yours. I think it's an internal yeah. internal consistency you need for it not to be jarring when you look at it. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally agree on that one. You know, if if you are going to go for it and you're going for like a very specific like heresy, uh, 
you know, traitor army and you want to use the Chaos Space Marines, have that. But like I say, just if you're going to do it, make it consistent across the whole army. So it is just the, the army rather than it being, oh, this this unit's, um, these are bigger because of X reasons. Like, no, they just don't look right then. Mm. Is that, are they the only releases we've had? We had anything from... That is, as far as I'm aware, the, oh, uh, yeah, we not weapons, since the... Didn't we? Oh, the, the tomb cannons. Oh, and the Volkite yes. weapons come out. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I thought they were quite reasonably priced, actually. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the aeronautica ones. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Fucking That's 16 quid for two remora. The <laughs> then again, it's Tau, so... We yeah, think okay. we'll uh, be seeing many of the uh, Volkites on the table, though. After it depends what the rules are for them though because the full rules be... weren't in the article no but they were in the, the in the loyalist legion uh, lit book I mean if they are I haven't opened my lead, my loyalist one so I don't know what they are uh, I, can't, I, th- I thought they were but I've not got the book to hand I moment, think I so. think they will because people like Tomb um, I've encountered I think people got I've excited because more the rules people, yeah, but I think it was a, a niche subset of people within the community that got excited over it, and it's the same people that are taking a Corsair Manipul and giving them all fucking warp missiles. Uh, vortex missiles, sorry. <laughs> that made me laugh the other day, actually. Someone did, I think it was in the, the Titanicus group, I think there was three posts in an afternoon about, oh my God, this is out of stock, and one of them was about the, um, uh, the warp missile, like the, the, the warp missile, Oh yeah. no, this is out of stock. And I responded with, hmm, warp missiles are out of stock. Games Workshop have just released rules for vortex missiles, which could be used with warp missiles. It's an upgrade to the warp missile. Everyone wants to use that. Hmm, wonder why they're out of stock all of a sudden. To say, because I mean, be I, 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 I've been playing the Corsair Manipul with my Mordaxis before it was cool. Oh, yeah. I haven't got a single warp missile in there. Maybe I should. <laughs> as much as I don't like AT-18, because it's full of people that are uh, unique, it's not as bad as the AT-21 group, where the admin puts a post up saying, hey guys, uh, I can't can't really say much because I'm under NDA, but um, I'm working with the Games Workshop to produce terrain STLs, and then there's like a hundred odd comments of people being like, "That's a that's an NDA breach." <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? You can't you can't talk about shit like. It it just it made my day to see so many people just being like, "That's bullshit." <laughs> Stop talking bullshit. Bullshit. I know what it was. It was it was. Oh no, I can't talk about it. But I can show you on my YouTube channel. So yeah, go that was subscribe, it. It was and then, oh, then you get to see it. Absolutely. It was like shoes. Mm, nope. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, we've been a bit a little bit light on the ground for releases, but then again, we're uh, we're getting the monthly articles, which I hope, like you know, Thramas built up to book nine. Maybe this is building up to something. I'm not going to say any more because yeah. Alice will get the red wool out again. But yeah, we don't want to give him uh, conniptions, do we, or anything? <laughs> they what talked about articles. It. Are you been getting then? So that we've had two so far, and it, it, the first one was Malagurst, and the second one was the Imperial Fists. Oh, right. Yeah, so I just time to ignore the Forge World newsletter because it's full of fucking hobbits. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> we did have that conversation earlier, didn't we, when they said there was a job in the 
Yeah, specialist painting studios. Uh, yeah. Imagine if you just end up spending your entire life painting armies of fucking hobbits. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking, <laughs> you know, workplace suicide goes up by 20% or something. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me. Yeah, that's it. That's it for um, new releases, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit, that. Oh, well. I mean, there's a couple of good models, but yeah, a bit slow again. I just, I, I need to start playing games. Otherwise, I'm literally going to vanish into a digital black hole and I'm never coming out again. <laughs> I Dan agree on that one. The third season of Love, Death and Robots on his own. Man. Yes, just, we did, I'll tell you what we did say. Um, I'm so glad you enjoyed uh, Lovecraft Country. Dan. Oh. Fucking so good, so good. Proper it was quality. so good, but I was I was power I was powering through it, and um, I nearly rang in sick. To <laughs> I, was, I was I was liking it that much, but then the thing is, though, as I was watching it, I was loving it, but I was also fucking hating it at the same time because of all the um, other racial um, background to do with it. Obviously, yeah. you know when it was like the Ku Klux Klan typey stuff. And I was getting angry at the telly because I've got a, a like a, a dual heritage daughter. So I was getting angry at the telly about it. And I was just like, I want to go and kill a load of fucking 50s Americans now. Because I was just I mean, like... Yeah. Do you know what, you know what they say, though, don't you? If, you? if you're angry at the characters, it's great writing. If you're angry at yeah. the writers, it's shit writing. Yeah. yeah, but no, it was, it was really, really good. And what I liked about it, I won't give too much away if people haven't watched it, but what I liked about it is each episode had like a different thing so like the first one with the doggy looking things, but yeah, I love. Oh it. Now, yeah, the, that, um, yeah. Fuck what they're called. Is it Hounds of Tinderloss? No, not Hounds of Tinderloss. Um, oh fuck a duck! I oh, fucking love I mean. Hounds of Tinderloss. By the way, they genuinely you know, freak me the fuck out. Only, can only enter real space through corners. It's like yeah, oh, corner God. hounds, man. Is oh. <laughs> Oh, you've been fucking oh. around with time travel. Prepare to die. Yeah, we we need to play some Cthulhu. I need to get my get that game that I've been working on uh, up and running. We can do can all be sex wizards. I'm down. <laughs> you know, this is the scary thing is I know nothing about Cthulhu. I mean, uh, either really, yeah, other than tentacles. No, it's Cthulhu. It's kind of like a Lovecraftian vibe. I, I find Cthulhu runs the gambit from comedy like tentacle monsters all the way to truly like mind aching horror like the Hounds of Tinderless. Because if you ever start thinking about them and how they function, it it genuinely upsets me that they can only enter reality through corners. It's just mm. <clears throat> no. Especially when you consider like um, a ninety Dog degree, off. a ninety degree corner is something that very rarely like appears in nature. Is my bike still working? There we go. I thought I had a yeah, bit. Yeah, we can hear. Tonight, tonight is the night for technical difficulties. It, it's it, the news is fucked up over here. What can I tell you? I've got some servitors on it. It's too much blender happening. There is a bit of that. Oh, I just realised we lost the beginning where we, we kink Shane Kurt. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. That's all right. There you you go. won't miss that. You've got it in again. Yeah, we'll never recapture it, though. No, that moment was gone. 
Should we um, should we make up for it by discuss, discussing some consoles in our yeah. segment? Console uh, Wars. I quite enjoyed that last time. Console Wars. Well, get ready to brace yourself, spin and enjoy it again. So oh, today yeah. we're going to. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, the Pravian, the Legion Chap. Champion. I've I've written <laughs> Chaplin here because I'm a clown shoe. That was, uh, uh, last, that was last time. I know. And you like them that much? I do. They're amazing. Uh, Forge Lord and some wanky twat called a Herald. Some dude with a fucking flag. Alagast. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe maybe Malagast actually is. Uh, I think he probably is actually rules wise. I'm not sure. Let's come, let's come back to that. Where should we start? Do you want to start with the Pravian? Uh, yeah, let's go with Pravian. All right, so what are our thoughts on the Pravian? I have to say, he's one of the first uh, consoles I ever used in an army. Should we should we give a little rules breakdown? Yeah, so uh, Pravian is the console that's kind of... He, get, he hangs with robots. Not a motifafucker to cater. That's the Dreadnought uh, dude. That's the Dreadnought <laughs> dude. Anvil's Jack's going to be so mad you said it like that. <laughs> No, it's when you say multifactor, that's when he gets really annoyed. That's the one that yeah, the multificator is actual name, but it's the multifactor. multifactor. (laughs) Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a Pravian. So the Pravian's the dude that hangs out with robots, specifically Castellax or Vorex. And I think you do. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, He has he forms a unit with them, which is unusual because they're monstrous creatures, and he's not. Um, Does cause a bit of uh, rule shenanigans in a few edge cases. And um, there's some cool additional rules you can give to the robots that he's joined to in the unit. Um, And especially since the FAQ, which is actually a few years ago now, but the FAQ included updated Legion Astartes rules to get for the specific robots. So some of those are really fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that. That's pretty much it. That's him. He can't. There's a bunch of stuff he can't take, so he can't have Terminator armor. Can't uh, take jump pack and shit like that. I don't think he can have a power fist. Weirdly, don't uh, know why that. Go. I've got, I've got it, I've got it open. So he comes with a Cortex controller and Cortex designator, uh, which is and, really good. And his restrictions are may not take a jet pack, jet bike, bike, or Terminator armor. Uh, and then his special rules are Legion support officer, like uh, like a few of these consoles, uh, master of cybernetica, and Legion inductees. So yeah, that, there he's yeah. special rules. Do you want to go through bits individually, or well, master of cybernetica discussion? allows him to take the retinue of robots, either Castellex or Vorax, and Legion inductees is the rule that lets you transfer the Legion of Starters benefit to the robots, which is what got FAQ'd, wasn't it? Uh, I got FAQ to include more more options. Yeah, the the original incarnation of the rules didn't have all the legions because they hadn't done all the legions when they'd done it. So, I believe you can also elect to take Tank Hunter, Furious Charge, or Scout instead of your legion. Specific that is one. correct. That is correct. Um, what you f- generally find is there's a, there's a number of fairly common or garden. Uh, um, ways of doing it. One of them is sort of like Castellax with dark fire cannons and tank hunter. Yeah, that's the one you run, right? Uh, in my word, bearers, yes, because yeah. in the army that in the army they went in, they they were pretty much the only anti tank element I had. The rest of it was all sort of like dudes with bolt guns. It was dudes with bolt guns in 
rhinos. It was my very first word bearer army. So it got Terminators and Storm Eagle, Tactical Squads in um, rhinos. It was Dark Brethren, so with so summon demons. Uh, but it was old school demons before the the kind of the book eight, book nine. Can't remember. Um, so yeah, so they were pretty much the only anti tank um, element in the army. Mm. See, I ran anti infantry Castellex in my Iron Warriors. Mm. Um, really upset Keith <laughs> by <laughs> deleting a tactical squad that were in cover. Because the Castle X had the targeting matrices. Yeah, it's a, it's a good upgrade, that is. Although it, does get, really it gets good. quite pricey very quickly. It does. Um, but then I I sold my Castle X because I needed some money before, before we moved house. Um, and I kind of regret it. Uh, and then when I came to make my Black Shields... I was like, la la la, I'm going to take a Pravian and three Vorax, and uh, you were sick in your mouth. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. because there was ZM Force. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Pravian is properly, proper powerful. Uh, yeah. The combination of the three things. Um, although, um, like I say, people, people tend to fall into one or two camps and really like the Castellax or really like the uh, Vorax. Especially with the um, biotoxic rounds on the rotor cannons, have they been changed to match the same as the Dark Angel ones? Oh, don't know. Because the Dark Angels ones, uh, oh shit, what are they? They lost the. They don't roll for AP anymore. Is that what the other ones used to do? Uh, n- no, that was. I think that's the acid rounds you're thinking about. Which is oh, I am. Yes, yeah, yeah, the, the Dark Angels upgrade for acid rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought they were the yeah, same the, for a minute. The, no, the biotoxic rounds are halves the range, um, but they wound. It's like poison four up or something. Ah, fair. Which is better than because the rope cannons are only strength three normally. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so the Pravian. The, the, I've never actually considered a Pravian, really. I'm quite surprised at that, actually, Spin. I, I, mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why. But, but uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just not one of those units that I've kind of reached for. I think I would have done had they not released the uh, Mortificator, which is something I'd I'd go to first over a Pravian. I think in other armies I might go for a Pravian, but I think in... Um, I think for Iron Warriors, I think with the option for Iron Circle, Pravian doesn't really... You know, it... I, see better uses by going for a, a iron circle even though they're much more expensive so as as having a robot element to the iron warriors i've kind of got that box ticked with the iron with the iron circle i think i think they kind of do different things though yeah, like oh yeah the, absolutely absolutely the, the vorax me, are very like up close per, like i've the, the vorax are very good in malay the um castellex have like a jack of all because they've got the weapon options to make them like anti-infantry or anti- or anti-tank, or you can mix in melters and things like that. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you never really looked at them. Yeah, yeah I, 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 whether it's because I'm not a huge fan of the Castellex models, um, I quite like the Vorax, but I don't feel like they kind of fit the aesthetic for for Iron I think that's probably what it comes down to. Is that of if you, know, you had the option for them to join? 
um, say Thalax, I'd be all over them. But quite frankly, that wouldn't work anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it's just purely down to the fact that I'm not a massive, massive fan of Castellex and Thorax I would go for, but it just doesn't feel right being a, an Iwara's army for me, unfortunately. So I've just never really gone for them. Would you what consider you, them? Absolutely. The thing is, is <laughs> I remember when the Legion updated Legion ones come myself, I remember rightly, um, I sussed out that you can take the Castellax where they've got the combat weapons, they've got the, like, the buzzsaw things. Oh, yeah. And, and they are <laughs> fucking so difficult. Well, not difficult, but they're just like brutal as fuck they are. So you've got some really good combat options with them, but it's just getting them across the board that's kind of like the mm, factor. Because I used the drop pod, you know, the Avon calling list, as I called it, or yes, Dan called it, should I say, um, <laughs> for quite a while. So I never really used to use like a foot slogging force. And then I switched over to the uh, armored core. And again, it was very little things walking. So they've never really been included because I've not really had the chance to field them. But I have got some Mechanicum stuff, um, but I've just never really used it. But yeah, I would consider it absolutely, definitely. But I'd consider both styles as well. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily stick with the Castellax. I'd have the little kind of the little dudes as well. So I'd, have, I'd take them both. But is it, here you go, and this is a bizarre question. Can you take more than one console that's the same dude? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd take, I'd take two of these consoles and run them with one of each robot type. Ooh. And, just cause, and just cause absolute mayhem because you can kill one lot, but you're not going to kill both of them. So by the time one lot gets in, then it just ruins your day kind of thing. Or have one as a like a dark fire cannon, tactical heavy support typey stuff. And then you have the, the little, the other little, the little motherfuckers with the rotor cannons. You're basically up. talking about uh, like a, a robot devastator squad and a robot assault squad. Yeah, yeah, but then the only thing is with the little dudes, I can't remember what his name is. I'm not going to pronounce it. Lorax. With the little, with the little dudes, they're only um, is it AP four, four up save. Yeah, so, all, all the rope. Oh yeah, then the Castlax are three ups. Yeah, but uh, so so when I played against Phil, he bought out a load of those Vorax guys, um, and I, I charged him with twenty um, world eaters with chain axes and deleted his squad, and I just went. Well, that was fun. And then that kind of put me off. So you've got to be careful with regards to how you bring them out. But apart from that, yeah, I'd, I'd run two, I'd run two dudes, one with each robot, and then just see, see, just watch the fucking chaos ensue on that one. Yeah. Vorax don't like heavy bolters. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a fan of heavy flamers either. So what do you reckon? Yeah. Is, is Pravian worth it if you're looking for some, to add some spice? It, it is, it, but it's a, it gets expensive real quick. It, it's real a big quick. investment, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I think uh, I had, uh, in my word bearers, I've got like three Castellacs with the Pravian, and, and that uh, that was in a list. Um, so the event that I went to was you're supposed to have a 2,500, 3,000, and 3,500 point lists, and the three Castellacs, with a Pravian were only in the 3,500 point list because it was the only way, army, uh, only size list you could reasonably fit it in without neutering yourself in another area. So do you think it's one of those kind of you've got to build around type uh, 
consoles then uh yeah i think it, it pretty much is I, and they've, they've kind of got to be really really good at something um and uh, i mean don't get me wrong i think they've got a real role in that kind of like kind of throwing a can of wasps at somebody mm. <laughs> um but it's like you can do it much cheaper with i don't know like um co- uh, uh, contempt to cortus they'll do the same job for a fraction at about a third of the price yeah. You see, my opinion on that is a bit different, actually, because I would say, like, so looking at your example of the Pravium with um, a couple of Castellacs or, you know, two or three Castellacs, that's one of those things that you kind of have to deal with, but not easy to, you know, they're not a very easy thing to just shift. You know, you've got to dedicate something to get rid of those, haven't you, realistically, based on toughness and or any other shenanigans with Castellac specifically. Whereas, yeah, they're tricky to shoot to death. You've got to kill them in close combat, basically. Exactly. And then you, um, but then where, whereas a Cortus, yes, in terms of a can of wasps, perfect. But there is that opportunity, that possibility that you can be taken out in a single shot, you know, with the right weapon yeah. or something like that. Whereas Castellac, you can't just go, I'm going to point a last cannon on it. And, you know, if it goes, it goes. You can't do that. You've got to throw something fairly dedicated into that, get rid of them. And but with their their damage output, you know they are well. Shit, I can't just leave them. I can't just ignore yeah. them. So that, I think they, that's where they, they play not, a different role. Yeah, they do not like instant death weapons. Not fans of those at all. I think it's not um, that many of them. Vorax as well, like because you, if you can give Vorax scout. Yeah, and that's that's generally what you see quite a lot is give the Vorax the scout and the sneaky bastards come on from the side of the board at some point. Yeah, out. That's the way their strength is, isn't it, really, is the outflank. Yeah. yeah. Although, uh, as we've established on many, many occasions, outflank is only as good as the player who's deploying it. Yeah. We've seen yeah. plenty of people Kurt, bring stuff on <laughs> in completely the wrong place and screw themselves over. See, I think, I think that's a pretty confirmed thumbs up if you want to make your list spicy but you have to you have to build around it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. expect to spend sort of like 300 points plus yeah um should we carry on with the with the the techie route and do the forge lord forge lord forge lord so forge lord is basically a souped up uh um tech marine yeah. So he's got all the same. He's, he's got all of. The, he's got the console choices. So things like artificer. Well, no, I think he gets artificer armor anyway. Um, but he can have like power fist and thunder hammers. He can be in terminator. All the rest of it. But he plus he gets all the upgrades that uh, tech marines can have. So like rad grenades, like um, cortex controllers. Yeah, cortex. Oh no, is that the, is that only iron warriors? No, um, no, any any. Any uh, Forge Lord can have one of those, I think. Oh, sorry, I meant Tech Marines. But yeah, no. Yeah, Forge Lords can take them as standard, I think. Yeah. But I think they get it because they're Tech Marines as well. What was that no, again? Sorry? I think only Iron Warriors Tech Marines get access to um, Cortex controllers. Oh, so Legion Forge, Forge Lord console. Uh, you get the war gear, you get a servo arm and artificer armor as standard. Additional war gear is listed for the tech marine. This may also be taken at cost indicated to take a cortex controller for 15 points. And yeah. then special rules, he gets Battlesmith. Yeah. Which which as we've I think we've established before is better than you think it is. Yeah. What Battlesmith? Yeah. Yeah. Was that, <laughs> yeah. 
I thought it was. Uh, I, I basically thought it was uh, a harder dice roll to to pass or something like that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. And of course, you can give wounds back to ro- robots as well. Yes, if you yeah, got you if you got a cortex controller and battlesmith, you can give wounds back to robots. Who was it that strapped a uh, conversion beamer to a te- to a forge lord? Hello. Was it you? Uh, no, no, no. It's not just the fact that I strapped a conversion beamer to a forge lord. I then gave it lightning claws as well, which is the absolute opposite yes. end of the spectrum. How high looked, were you when you made that? It looked <laughs> fucking cool, though. That's what I was aiming for. That was before I was actually playing the game. So we were discussing conversion beamers again on uh, on Thursday, and we were like, I can't get my head around how they're so bad in the game. What, like, I just I don't get it. Because they have to be at a longer range to be good, but then you've got like Lernian and Terminators that have them as an upgrade. Contemptors that can take them. It's just odd. It, it just strikes me as is one of those things that we persist that people persist with, even though it's a terrible idea. So there was. Um, what was it called? There was an, a, a, a British night fighter of World War II called the Bolton Paul Defiant, right? <laughs> and the principle of the Bolton Paul Defiant was it had a fucking turret in it. And the idea was you fly next to your opponent and the turret pivot rounds and shoot it. And they were dog shit. <laughs> that utter dog shit. Uh, but they kept making them. And I, I'm convinced that uh, conversion beamers are the Bolton Paul Defiant of the 30K universe. There's some tech priest going, no, 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 this is going to work. You've just got to give it a chance. It's like, it's great if we want to blow up the moon, but... Yeah, this I, is the thing. I'm getting in punching distance here. I can't... Right, so I know that, like, the law isn't always reflected on the tabletop. Like, that's fine, because, you know, game mechanics can't always m- mirror what happens in the, in the fluff and stuff. But a LAS cannon is a pretty good weapon in the game, right? It, it's... It's got a, it's got a role, it's got a yeah. purpose, and it does what it's supposed to do. Whereas the conversion beamer in the law creates like a gravitational singularity and atomizes whatever it is fired at. Surely there should be some way to make that work on the tabletop without you having to stand in the far corner shooting at the other far <laughs> corner. Hear me I out. Hope the sword stood there at the same time. Hear me out. Last cannon with a minimum range and wrecker. Job done. Yeah, like yeah, I could get behind that. So, got- so minimum range of say like twelve. So you can't hit anything within twelve inches with it. Other than that, it's maybe a last cannon with maybe maybe even sort of like um, I don't know. You could armor bane is probably a bit much, isn't it? But certainly something like wrecker and and. Um, Maybe Sunder as well, or something like that. So you got a bit of a reroll. Anything really? Anything that makes yeah. it because they they look really fucking cool. The 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 law behind them is really cool. Like um, and the, like the other thing is that the Lernian and Terminators really really cool. Random conversion beamer. It just yeah. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Le- lean into the kind of the gravitational thing, and you could have. So like a focus beam, which is maybe like the last cannon with the minimum range. And then you've got maybe like a wide angle shotgun thing, which does no damage, but anything it hits 
is moved back, say, like D3 inches or something. Oh, similar to like Quake in AJ. Yeah, a, a bit like that, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry, I went off on a tangent because Spin built what? Cool yeah, looking, but, but dumb on the table. Forge Lord's going to have a conversion beamer because it's like, why don't you strap a bolt and pull Defiant to your shoulder? It'd be really cool. No, it won't. Does it mean it really you should won't. give it a, 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 a conversion beamer though? No. Wait, no, just was it a Forge Lord that we nearly made Keith quit the game over? Yes. Yep. I love oh that God. was one of my that was one of my crowning moments that was uh, oh that was a thing of beauty but he wasn't down the club was he and we were we no, he Dan was, was playing or something like that and yeah we, we were playing you were you were kind of like trolling him on the phone and he was he was at home building this model but he and basically he, sent us pictures of him didn't he of a, of a forge yeah. lord that he'd done in uh, in uh, artificer armor and we we're going and he'd spent like days kind of like or you know or a couple of about a week or so building it because he'd been sending us update pics and on the yeah. night he goes oh yeah I finished this what do you think and I went yeah man that looks really really cool that they can't take artificer armor that's the, why the official <laughs> model is in terminator armor it's terminator armor <laughs> <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and Dan lost his shit when he saw that message oh, with man. the group. It was, it was but then we very quickly realised no, we're going to have to tell him because he's going to throw it in the bin. <laughs> he's going to wreck it. <laughs> he's going to chuck it out the window. Just going to Allen it straight into the bin. Yeah, he's going to do. He's going to have northern rage and yeet it into his neighbour's face. He went. He was like, what? You're fucking joking me. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, and that's so... why the official models in Terminator armor, you know, otherwise, you know, you'd have an option for artifice for armor as well. He was like, fuck, I've spent ages like, oh no, I'm kidding. See, I, I would have heard him from my house because he, he only lives just down the road. So I would have heard <laughs> for fuck's sake kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, has, anyone, has anyone used the Forge Lord? I yes. Have. Nah, I've never. Technically, but only that one game. Yeah. So you it, remember. The, Remember the doubles we went to, the Geno 5-2 doubles? Yes. And I forgot to put a conversion field on my, uh, on my Forge Lord. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he spent the whole game oh, hiding no. behind Castellex, just being like, oh, you can't shoot me. <laughs> no. No shooting me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like the idea of the Forge Lord, but um, just doesn't really fill any niche for me uh, well so there's there's two things isn't there it's there's like what's its specific role in the battlefield and it's like well you know whatever and then there's thematically yeah, th- yeah fair enough forge lord with a bunch of tech marines as a kind of you know tech tech crew as a, as an army th- idea yeah cool. except, yeah except that the, the, can't, the tech marines can't actually join because they are they're not independent they're, characters, no, yeah. are they? No, no, they're not. They're just characters. Um, but you end but up with things create... like I wrote a Iron Warriors like artillery list that had two Forge Lords, Warsmith, and a Tech Marine coven, just so mm. I could make all of my cover saves better, whilst also reducing one of my enemies' cover saves. And it was dumb, but it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I... I like the Forge Lord, and actually, I, I well, I've got a Forge Lord for every army I've got. How would you? This is the thing, like, because this is one of the um, consoles that I don't see very often talked about. Mm. What, what do you think you could give the the Forge Lord to make it more interesting to use? I actually see it used quite often in uh, people, uh, and it's used for one particular reason. 
you can give him rag grenades. So people put them in assault units and stuff like that. That's mm, a really expensive yeah, right, okay. rad grenade. Yeah. But it's one of the few ways to get rad grenades that isn't in the destroyer squad. It's still really fucking expensive. See, for me, it'd be something like... Because there's, there's a bunch of weird ad-mech weaponry that, you know, you'd think a Forge Lord might have access to some of it. Like, not like not shit like photon thrusters or, like, the rad furnace. That's That's way out there. But there's, there's a few bits of like mechanicus gear that you could look at it and be like yeah i could i could see a, a forge lord having you know so, something like that like a um, plasma the phase plasma fusel or something like that but yeah i think it's just if if it's war gear was more diversified i and, think there's a i think there's some scope for him to give a broader buff base so if you think about um the, the the kind of other like tech marine like things like um oh god what's he called the the spotter dude what's he called well the master of signals master of signals master of signals with his like cognitive signal and giving units bonuses to to hit and stuff um i've always felt that feels more like the the forge lord type ability if you know what i mean mm. oh yeah calling in the Artillery, oh, no, it's the, like that. yeah, the, no, the, the it's like the giving the bonus to shoot, yeah. So, um, maybe if he could, um, maybe if he could kind of uh, like nullify a rule, so I don't know, like gets hot on a unit or something, he can yeah. make it or, or auto pass gets hot or something like that, or gives or, them like feel no pain or something like that. Or I, I was thinking like mastercrafted on a weapon, oh, yeah, so you know, so like you can nominate a unit and that unit's got mastercrafted weapons, something like that. I don't know. Mm. So I'm going, to throw, I'm going to throw out there a what if, considering we're doing what if later. Mm. So what if uh, the next edition of Heresy comes out, Dreadnoughts move to wombs, like we discussed last week? Aye. Having a Forge Lord make all your Dreadnoughts feel no pain, or um, it will not die. Does that make yeah. it uh, a viable choice at that point? Well, except that's a bit like what Bad- Battlesmith is. Well, Battlesmith is like... Uh, it will not die, it, but it's more reliable. It, you've just got to walk up to it and fit, hit it with your spanner. True. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, as as he stands, he's basically a tech marine, which is okay, but its real benefit is in relation to tanks. So it's either a tank he can go in or he's got to run up to a tank, which is really fucking tricky to pull, pull off. It's been yeah. seen me do this with tech marines where I put them in an Achilles because you can because you can use battlesmith from within the vehicle yeah i did that as well with my well the, the what well, i think what ross was thinking about earlier is the warsmith obviously he gets uh i think he gains battlesmith so i've done that with my warsmith i'll put him in achilles yeah because yeah. he's got a servo arm yeah mm. um yeah so it's it's one of those things where some of the rule some of the benefits that they give is don't sit very well with how you actually use them. So it's like infantry in a tank army, which is tricky to use or actually because there's no targeting rules that would prevent it beyond line of sight. You could have him following a, a dreadnought along, but then he's like, I'll just shoot the small guy before I shoot the dreadnought. Yeah. So, which is so, where your mortificator comes into play. True. And um, yeah. you're the only one that's not used one. Are you, um, are you interested in fielding a Forge Lord, or is it just not something you're bothered with? 
To be honest with you, because most of my armies tend to be quite mobile, i.e., you know, depending on the right of war, and, and this is obviously just speaking from purely like a world eater perspective, you know, most of my right of war, or one of the right of wars is I've got to be in your deployment zone and then I've got to fall, feel no pain. So it's not really going to be something I'm going to automatically include. If I was using a different uh, legion, say, for example, Smurfs or Raven Guard, then yes, I probably would because then it would be a bit more in the theme of the army, as in, you know, it's not going to be as kind of tactically moving around all over the fucking shop and just running like a madman, doing like a Usain Bolt towards the enemy. But, again, I'd give it a go, but it wouldn't. But I would need to... For me, if I look at a model, as in like a certain console, and I'm like, what does it do and what's the point if I don't, if it doesn't click in my brain, which is quite a lot, I just think, oh, there's no fucking point in me taking that because I'm not bothered by it. Then I won't even bother visiting it or looking back at it later. I'll just instantly dismiss it as like, well, what's the fucking point? Yeah. I've moved so, on. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm like, look at it. Do I like him? The model might be cool. Yeah, wicked. But I'm like, what does he, what does he do for me? Does he make me moist? No, right, okay, next one. And, you know, kind of <laughs> go down the line. And I, I'm, I am I am just as brutal as that. So I've got one, ironically, from my World Eaters in Terminator armor, which I converted out of a, I think it was like an Iron Warriors or an Iron Hand dude or something like that. So I've got one, but I'll just I'll never use him because I might use him in um, Zone Metallus for a bit of a giggle. That's yeah. quite a good laugh. You know, something a bit more tight and taster. But nah, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't oh. be too worried about it. So what do we think our consensus is? Are we on the fence? Do we think they're good? Or, um, I mean, beyond unlocking some rights of war that you might want to use, like uh, Right of the Ancients, Fury of the Ancients, sorry, or um, shit, what's the other one? The, uh, Brethren of Iron. I think this, they're limited use, really. Right. That's true. Uh, Legion Herald. Ugh, fuck that dude. Yeah, man, he's, not <laughs> he's, the, he's the guy with the stick in there. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got he's got the Uber stick. Yeah. There's like regular so, dudes with sticks and this guy he your herald carries one of the following banners. So you can either have the loyalist banner, the traitor banner or the black shield banner. Uh other than that I think he's just bog standard uh, options for war gear as far as the console goes. Uh, he's restricted. What the, what? Sorry, to, no, yeah, he's restricted to not take a jump pack, a jet bike, or Terminator armor. Although I'm pretty sure, didn't the FAQ give you a Terminator armored version of him? That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, me and because Ollie's built one, hasn't he? What Herald? Well, yeah, what Terminator the, what Herald. The loyalist and the heretic and the. They FAQ'd the, the Herald so he could take Terminator armor. Ah, right. Uh, yeah. Right. So the 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 three different types of banner. So there's the dark, the black shield banner, uh, which makes all black shields within twelve inches gives them the fair the, the fear special rule and plus one to their leadership. The loyalist banner, uh, all models within twelve inches add plus one to their weapon skill, up okay. to a maximum of five, and then the traitor banner. Uh, all models within 12 get plus one to their charge distance and run and may re-roll uh, to hits of a one in assault. 
think I'd prefer to have that one to myself. Yeah. Then there's the the downside is fallen honor. If the uh, herald is killed, you automatically give your opponent um, a victory point. He's got mm-hmm. master of the legion as well, hasn't he? Uh, just looking. Well, if he has, that might be in the FAQ because it's not in the rule book that I've got. I've got a feeling he's got Master of the Legion from the FAQ. So what does Master of the Legion do? Allow Terminator to be Oh, it gives you, it basically unlocks Rights of War, so you can use yeah. him as your uh, warlord and you can take Right of War. Oh, okay. A bit so like I think the, the, the traitor banner is by far the best one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles ahead well, of everything weapon, else. Weapons, so what was it? The loyalist one was weapon skill, was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. up to a maximum of five, you get plus one weapon skill. And then the, the traitor banner... Gives you plus one inch to your charge and run distance, and you may re-roll to hit rolls of a one in assault. See, from a worldy again, and, and I'm just obviously just purely worldy to it. That's really nice because um, there's a right of war, but worldy takes away can re-roll ones in the first time of combat. I think it is. Hmm. Um, I can't remember which one it is. It's been that long since I've, I've looked at that right of war, but you know, adding extra movement and you know all those you know doing all the re-rolls and stuff yeah i'd say absolutely because the thing is that when it says within does it say wholly within 12 inches or just within 12 inches i believe it just says within so there you go so i could have two big blobs of 20 dudes with him standing in between them and then they just become fucking mincing machines so the the re-roll of ones is only only works on the turn they successfully charged yeah, that's cool. You only need to get in woods because theoretically, unless you're charging, I don't know, Keith's fucking Iron Warriors, where we just don't fucking die, um, you'll be able to delete a unit a turn, no problem. Yeah. And you just keep rocking across the table, piece of piss. So I personally don't see a use to the Herald. Um, the Black Shield banner is all right, but hmm. nothing, nothing special. The Loyalist banner is a bit meh. Especially when you consider he has to be within 12, but you have to keep him alive. Um, so he's definitely in the front, but don't die. Yeah, losing victory point, a victory point for him dying is big, uh, especially when it's you know a HQ choice and a point investment. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. It's one of the few consoles I could safely say I don't think I've ever thought of taking, even in a... Oh, uh, I should build a con. I should build a, a herald because I don't have one. Kind of scenario. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I yeah. I mean, it, in the in my armies that I've got, it would only really make sense in um, Empress Children. So in the word bearers, there's just too much competition in the HQ slots, and he just doesn't have enough in order to get himself into contention. For the for in the word bearers because it's crowded with the, having to take a chaplain and whatever. Um, for imperial fists, it's like it's got the loyalist banner, which I'm not not doesn't really do anything for me. Um, Emperor's children, however, the extra move and um, the bonuses for charging and stuff that's pretty cool because that leans into the Emperor's children's um, strength areas anyway, just makes them better. Yeah. So, Spin. Yeah. You ever thought about it? 
Uh, I have looked into it um, because of the whole Master Legion uh, as like an alternative to unlocking um, Rights of War without being forced. But then it's like, I think like, I think Dan said, mentioned earlier, it's like, well, or you mentioned, it's like, well, what's the point? You might as well, you've either got to keep him alive and at that point it's like, well, do I want to take a Praetor because he's actually going to be potentially more useful on the table, you know, as well as unlocking a Right of War. I mean, he's he's forty points on top of a, yeah. Which I think I think a Delegatus yeah. is cheaper. Well, and this is exactly where you kind of get into, like for the role that he's playing. Unless unless that banner is you know specifically useful to you as your army, then I I don't really see much use out of him, and I think that's why you rarely see them. Um, so again, we'll, we'll do a what if. What if they had the same rule as the custodies vexilia? So um, it gives gives the unit a. I, I guess they would get a five up invulnerable. Even then, it's like I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't know. I don't like what unit would I put him in then to then. Yeah, it's a weird one, it? isn't it? Because you know, like breaches get a. Four up and five up in vulnerable, five up and a four up in uh, six up in vulnerable save. You know, Terminators have already got you know potentially four up in vulnerable save. It's like that wouldn't really do the job for us. I don't know. Uh, honestly, not really sure. Because giving feel no pain steps on Primus Medicae and Apothecary toes. You know what? I think I think it needs to be not a specific banner depending on the traitor or like faction i think it needs to be more generic but as a, a like a, a more encompassing buff that any army will get and i think that's where it starts to change like unless you've got you know unless you're a loyalist army wants that particular buff then why would you take it you know oh do you mean like set? keep the like for example have three different standards but they're not coded so, to specific dr- like traitor or loyalist yeah do you remember, do you remember the dark angel banners yeah mm. like that. so you got different banner choices but they so they do different things but it's not locked to a particular action or not another i think that yeah. would make him more you more useful because then it's like okay i want to take this guy because he's gonna buff my uh you know terminator squad in this particular role uh, or you know, uh, or, or you go to go. Actually, I prefer this banner because my army's more about um, range attacks, or you know, or uh, I wanted to try and make. Like, for example, if they made, um, if I don't know, well, I think of a way that you know something where if I put them in a, which is well worth taking, if that makes sense. But anyway, I can see that is by going plus one on invulnerable saves, but that's that then becomes a bit broken because then you just automatically give them to cataphracti terminators. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's like, how do you make it useful without making it specific and then breaking something else? Uh, so like, like you say, maybe one for, you know, a banner for charging, maybe a banner for, I mean, the other thing he does, I think he, he's uh, becomes a, I think he's a scoring unit. That's where I've thought about using him. Uh, that must be in the FAQ. I think yeah, I think he's a. I think he counts as a, a scoring unit. Uh, I think he's. Got, I think he gained uh, whatever it is, implacable advance in the FAQ. Mm. See, I've, I've got a copy of the FAQ, but I can't find it. It might be in the beta rules rather than the FAQ. 
Oh, oh, the playtest rules. Yeah. So uh, okay, but that's that is the re- one that I, well, that was the one reason why I had considered him because he becomes an extra scoring unit. Um, and then what you do is put him in a unit that probably doesn't score. So like my Tyrant Terminators, for example. Uh, so all of a sudden that's a score, a potentially scoring unit there. Uh, well, keeping him alive. So as he, um, as as the, the uh, Herald stands, what do we think? Uh, thumbs up on the fence, thumbs down. I don't see a point to it. Now that he's been yeah. given implacable advance, he's a maybe, but it's, yeah, it's a hard maybe. Yeah, I, I just think there's too much for, for me in most of my armies that I've got. I think there's just too much competition for that spot, and um, he's always going to be on the subs bench in that regard. Yeah. From I, I would personally take him if pretty much like what Dan says. I'd take him just as a bit of a oh, I wonder what he's going to do, like an experimentation. But that would be probably about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't see myself using it. Which brings us to our fourth and final console for the evening, the Legion Champion. Uh, so this is 35 points on top of your Centurion. Uh, the Warger is a close combat weapon. Uh, sorry, your close combat weapon wielded by the champion gains the Mastercrafted special rule. It has the Supreme Fighter, which increases weapon skill to six. Honor the Legion, so it must attempt glorious intervention and may always issue challenges in combat if able. And I believe the FAQ gave them Paragon Blades. Yeah, they can take that as an option, which is a massive boost. Yeah. I really like the Legion console. No, sorry, the Legion Champion, both um, in the lore and in on the tabletop. Um, I think, yeah, I've toyed around with having a champion in my Salamanders. It, the Salamanders feel like the kind of Legion that would have that one warrior that is there to call out and challenge like the opposing champions Mm. Um, Imperial Fists again they strike me as the same kind obviously Sigismund is like the champion of champions most of the traitor legions probably makes sense from a lore perspective what has anyone used one yeah I've used one I've not yet, but since they got the option to Paragon Blades, I've considered them more often. Never even considered them personally, because again, it's I tend to focus on I. I don't tend to go Gucci with my characters. I just keep them nice and simple and just use them as beat sticks. But the champion weapon school six is decent. You know, you're hitting on what threes. Uh, no, That's in fact, two, threes. Would be twos. No, threes. You've got to double it out to be on ah, twos. Right, yes. I'm thinking of new, new 40k. Um, yeah, I, I would use one, but then I don't know. It's just like it's one dude, isn't it? So I'm bit, maybe yeah, it can I mean, get quite expensive. I think. Yeah, the the paragon paragon blade upgrade is huge because it, it it pushes them into the category of a almost auto take in, for some for some armies. Mm. Prior to that, I think it's the, it's the same point I've made in the past about the Centurion, which is if you've got if your legion has access to specific close combat weapons that are good, like the White Scars, like um, Empress Children with a Phoenix Power Spear, like the 
Death Shroud Power Scythe for Death Guard. The, the Centurion, uh, sorry, the, the Champion was really good because basically what you get is a, is a cheap um, Praetor in effect. Um, but with Paragon Blade, it's like it, it's, it is just a, it's a slightly cheaper pr- uh, Praetor. Yeah, so, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, so worst case scenario, you could have, uh, and he's not a support officer either, so I think he can be a warlord, although he doesn't give you a right of war because he's not master of the legion. It does, open, it does open up that you can have a divining blade and a paragon blade in the same force. You could have three. Oh yeah, because you yeah. could take two two champions. Yeah, you could have two. You could have two champions and a, a praetor. That's just fucking horrific. <laughs> yeah, especially if. I mean, I think what I would do at that point is put them in separate units. So it's like one's coming at you at some point. <laughs> yeah, I told you that I just, my dark angels, but ultimately it gets quite expensive to tool up a, a champion with a paragon blade and a. I'm just going to um, put it out conversion there. field. Um, world Eaters, Assault Marines, Praetor Champion Champion, three squads. Yep. Fucking hell. Uh, that would be horrible. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Back in a minute. <laughs> so there's, there's not really much to, to discuss on this one. It's quite a two-dimensional, because it's just a beat stick. It's a point-and-click murders whatever it challenges. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean interestingly... Um, I have never used Glorious Intervention. Never. I'm not even sure I know what it is. Uh, and now you've said that, I'm like, I don't know if I know the rule off the top of my head. <laughs> yes, stumped it. I think it. I think it's something to do with going, nah, 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 this is my challenge, motherfucker. Oh, I'm stepping in and taking the challenge. I don't know. I I have never used it. No, I haven't either. I suspect it's one of those kind of legacy rules which is so niche that the chances of it ever occurring in a game. Or was it? It's like glorious, glorious intervention. intervention. Honor of the Legion, I'm guessing. No. So, so because his only special rules are Supreme Fighter and Honor of the Legion. Yeah, which grants glorious intervention. Yeah, plus one weapon skill. Uh, Supreme Fighter increase weapon skill to six. Honor of the Legion. Ah, okay, must re-roll failed attempts at Glorious Intervention and must always issue challenges in a combat if able. He doesn't tell you what Glorious Intervention is, which is unusual for the um, glossary. No, I think it's. I think it's in the. You'd have to have a look at the main rule book. Like I say, I, I, I've got this feeling that Glorious Intervention. It's so niche and specific that if it came up in one game in twenty, it'd be you know surprising. I could be wrong, and it might just be that we end up the way we play the game is, is, is we, we're missing a subtle but fundamental thing, which means that it would never occur. Yeah. So what do what do we think? Do are we like, uh, say it, thumbs up, yeah. thumbs down on the fence? Yeah, I, it, it's fine. You know, um, I think um, it'd be hard push to say he's not worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah, and of course it's. Like I say, I, I think in, with the upgrade, with the option of them having the Paragon Blade, it just it makes them much more um, viable for everybody. But um, prior to that, uh, any scenario where... I, I mean, there's some scenarios that make them really good. So, for instance, like you were saying, you can make a pricey one, but you could have a 
uh, Imperial Fist one that's got a Solarite gauntlet and a... Um, oh, no, actually, that wouldn't work because Solarite gauntlet's not a specialist weapon. Well, is it not? No, not any, no, that's the whole point about the Solarite. So Power Fist is. So you can have a Power Fist and Paragon Blade on a dude. Yeah. But there is nothing he couldn't kill. So we we all think it's a it's a decent point and click. Like, yeah, I think not. it depends on the army you're going. Like, you know, as you pointed out, you know, ants, all eaters, massive amounts of assault infantry, perfect. It's like a bit of a no brainer. Where especially where ant doesn't really consider other types of consoles, so therefore. As those HQ slots pretty much open to to, to use. Uh, for me, you know, in the Blood Angels, I could see a use forum, especially. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think it's very much you know. Whereas in my Warriors, I, I'd see other other consoles types being more useful. I think. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't offer anything if you're into shooting. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much there. Like it's it's the kind of selfish hero as opposed to mm. the, the the one that buffs everything else. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that Rhino's a maximum transport of ten, I would put one in a veteran squad because a Just veteran take squad a with eight man veteran. Oh yeah, of course you could take you could drop the yeah, I forgot that you can actually yeah, do some minimum one. Um, five. So yeah, but because if you think about it, you know, you obviously you can give them um the unit plus one weapon skill they've got you know two attacks basic uh, as a unit so you, you you outflank them onto a board if someone wants to charge you to kill you that's there when you've got a champion with a paragon blade in there that that's a oof yeah i'm gonna have to try and shoot them off the board instead uh, you know between him and a, and a veteran sergeant with an artificer armor after yeah. dedicated uh dedicated painting to that unit yeah it is it is an odd spot because it it is effectively a bargain basement um, praetor is is essentially what it is. So if you're going to put a praetor in, unless you want to max out paragon blades, there's it, there isn't a lot of use for it. But if you've got in this, um, you go with a delegatus as your unlock. yeah. That's where I was going to go. If you've got a delegatus, mm. you still champion to, to like bodyguard him. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. It's been it's been a good one. We've had two hits and two misses tonight on the old uh, console wars. Mm. Yeah, I do. I've got a soft spot for Forge Lords. It's just yeah, don't really. I would. I'd like to use them, but like the Herald, they they kind of lack utility. Yeah. Right. We've got what ifs, haven't we? Yeah, we have. So I I I almost didn't ask us anything, and then thought actually. Uh, I'll mix it up a little bit and we'll do we'll do some what ifs there's some really good ones as always there's some really fucking weird ones too well, that's some uh, anal usually one. from it was Keith Keith usually comes out with a really weird one actually not Keith Keith went light on the old uh, the old bum this time uh, he he <laughs> just minimum bum yeah I was glad actually to be fair <laughs> so we'll we'll kick off with uh James, good friend, friend of uh, mine and spins. He says, "What if the emperor treated Perturabo better? What if he treated Magnus better? What if he treated Angron better? What if he treated Kurz better?" Is anyone noticing a theme? 
See, I, on the one on the one hand, I kind of agree, but on the other hand, he also treated the loyalists like shit too. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the obvious one in all of those is anger. Uh, it's I, I get that most of the stories are older than the, the weren't written at the same time that the books were written. They kind of like got to incorporate stories before the game. But Angron's story just makes no sense whatsoever. It makes literally no sense. How about it's the like, Emperor not taking... Yeah, um, it's, it's like, yeah. we got you, brah. Here's, here's, here's me and my... He, 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 could have made, he could have been Angron's bestest mate. It's like, don't worry, man. We've got you covered. Thing, he's equally as obstinate with the others, though. It's like how... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a dick. He's a it's dick. It's like um, fucking Russ challenges him to them three feats. Yeah. The, the, the drinking, the fighting... And like he, he just ruffle stomps Russ in each one instead of just being like, "Hey, uh, here's the act, here's like the information you need to make an informed decision." Mm. Um, I don't know. A lot of the time, I kind of, I really dislike the the line that came out during the heresy that the emperor viewed the primarchs as weapons, and that was it, because it's not it's not portrayed that way at all. I think in the in the siege books and in like the Valdor character book, it talks about how the Emperor is slowly losing his humanity as like more of his projects come to fruition. He's losing that what made him human. So I, I could well see him envisioning in the Primarch program and and thinking, yeah, I'm going to treat them like my children. When he finds the first few Primarchs, they he does treat them. Yeah. fuck me this is a ball like <laughs> well, yeah, he's like fuck's sake but he, he does treat them like well and he does he does love them and then you reach kind of the Ulanor phase of the crusade where he's like right I'm going to go back to earth going to go and diddle in the in the web way none of you need to know this because you're all fucking you know just do as you're told don't don't worry about it I think it's, 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 it's the same old isn't it it's the same kind of like if the emperor had told them about what was in the warp and what he was doing, would Horace still have been susceptible? And I guess ultimately, yes, because it wasn't the fact he was left behind that, like, like Erebus needled his ego. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Erebus. I I think Dawn would have been less of a prick. And Gilliman certainly would have been less of a prick, and Perturabo would have been less of a prick if they'd had a hug once in a while. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I could get on board for that. Uh, so the follow-up from, from Daniel was, what if Angron never got the nails? And there's also a question of, what if the Emperor had removed the nails? Because mm. it's in his book, it's, it's, it's strongly implied he's, a, he's some kind of like psychic empath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's really interesting that when he does get the nails in the book, he change personality wise, he changes massively. Mm. So he becomes so he becomes a lot more kind of Mr. Angry. See, so I think more... Sorry, hang on. No, no, I was I was gonna just wrap it up. So yeah, go on, carry on. I think if he'd never had the nails, the exactly everything could have happened as it happened. The Emperor could have fucked him off and just teleported him out and not helped his people or whatever. And he still would have stood on terror, defending it. 
I think it's the it's the the nails is the only thing that makes Angron a bad a bad like a bad person, I guess. Because there are times in um like Betrayer where he genuinely like expresses uh affection towards Khan. And you, you just kind of think without the nails constantly grinding in his head, you know, what what kind of Primarch would he be? Would he be like Gilliman or would he be like um I could see him being more like uh Jetskaya than the others? Like yeah. a free spirit kind of thing. It's a it's a the questions like that are always really interesting to me because it poses obviously you need the symmetry of the heresy. So it poses the question if if the uh, if Angron had remained loyal, who would have fallen? Kind of, Russ, kind of deal. I reckon. Yeah, I could, it would have. Russ would have been the one to kind of lose his shit. I, it's it's an interesting thing to say. You know who who is the dark mirror of each other in terms of Primarchs because they're clearly intended to be paired off in some yeah. way, shape, or form. You know, it's like is Horus Gulliman and vice versa. You know, Dawn and Perturabo. I, I think Angron's quite interesting because is actually is it. Uh, is it um, Sanguinius? Mm. Yeah, there is There is a lot of... Because obviously Sanguinius, is, his rage is kind of there, but he controls it, whereas... Yeah. Angron, Angron just goes, Angron hey, can't. let it out! Yeah. yeah. I think there's also the interesting thing of if Russ hadn't taken it upon himself to go and chastise Angron... If he didn't have that moment that is cemented in Russ's in in Russ's psyche that he was the Emperor's executioner, mm. would Prospero have gone differently? Like, the, uh, no, it's a, that's a nature versus nature, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. is, mean, is he acting out of free will or is, or is he a product of his? You know, can he? Because there's, there's the whole kind of like. He went up against. He went against the world he is, and in his mind, won. Mm. He, you know, it is he- it's heavily implied that the wolves were involved in destroying one of the missing legions. Mm. But I think it plays into the at least the manipulation that Horace did when he sent Russ to Prospero. Because you've got, you can't call yourself the Emperor's executioner, and then when you're sent to bring Magnus back to Earth, it's real easy for Horace just to be like, mm, just execute him, just do your job, do what you were made for, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And without that buoyed up confidence of, oh, if I can like go up against the world eaters and win, then you know, some thousand sons will be a piece of pits. At least that's my opinion yeah uh yeah. remaining remaining on prospero so what if valdor had invoked a magisterium on prospero and arrested magnus would the thousand sons have returned to terror and been sent to bolster calistar while magnus gets plugged into the golden throne uh yes and yes i mean the the wider ramifications of that i guess are the emperor isn't sat on the throne when the traitors arrive. So, well, more importantly, he was free to do other things which might have prevented the traitors even arriving. 
Did Magnus foresee Horace falling, or did he see it as it happened? Uh, I think he foresee it happening, and that's why he went to warn the Emperor. All right. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's the nature of... It's a philosophical thing of... Um, can you change... Can you actually change destiny? There's a number of times in the Horus Heresy books, don't they, where they talk about prophecy being a fickle thing. Yeah. And saying, you know, the reality of... Like, prophecy is almost a lie in the sense of it's giving you the sight of something but you actually can't change it whatever you do what whatever you've promised what you think what you've seen happening you can't change so it's, it's actually a really happen. it's a really big theme in saturnine and wrath of magnus mm. because something happens in both those books that both araman and amon say this is impossible this isn't what we foresaw mm. and it is like both really big really big plot points which I won't I won't spoil or go into but it at least in in my recollection is the first time the Corvidae have really fucked it because every other time like they foresaw the fall of Prospero they foresaw um like where the different shards of, of Magnus ended up after he got like exploded and then they were like, yeah, no worries, we got this. This this is going to happen. And then it didn't happen. And they were just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, we we saw it. It's not what's meant to happen. Like, how can this happen? And the whole time, Magnus is just like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, I got this. Don't worry about it. So, I don't know. I, th- I guess both those books were feeding into the the end of Wrath of Magnus, where you get one of those opportunities to completely change everything to, to flip it on its head. And it just, I guess it's just foreshadowing, but I really liked the way it was done. Yeah. 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 But, um, I think in the context of the 30 K 40 K universe, and you understand the nature of, or, or don't understand as it is, as it happens, the nature of, um, the chaos gods and chaos in general, if you had the power of foresight, but you also knew that, you wouldn't trust any of it, would you? No, no. <laughs> you go, yeah, whatever. You know, it, Zinch is fucking with me. I, I think the old are quite interesting, aren't they? Because in that context, especially in, um, I think it's in Fulgrim, isn't it? Where um, you have, uh, where he has his, he meets with Eldrad Ulthwan. And, uh, it's clear that the idea, the Eldar idea of of prophecy, is different. It's like there's millions of threads here, and I'm trying to find which one is actually attached to the future. It could be any of them, and you know, minor subtle changes in my current environment it changes which thread I need to get hold of. Which I, I think is, it's if you think about like the COVID day going, oh yeah, it's this, this is happening because we've seen it. He's like, oh, I got a minute. <laughs> and everybody else goes, this is really complicated. Yeah, 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 whatever. It's A. <laughs> yeah. The, the Eldar see it as, they've got the, the shade, the, the multitude shades of grey. And yeah. then the Corvidae are like, A happens. And then yeah. B happens. And then C happens. And we're Gucci. Yeah, we know. We've seen it. Yeah. 
Have you really seen it? <laughs> uh, what if Khan had finished the job and brutally murdered Erebus? I think there'd have been a lot of cheering. The thing is, at what point we, does he we fight Khan? The Horus Heresy. <laughs> he fights. Oh, no, he, he, go on. He fights Khan at the end of Betrayer, right? Yeah. So the one thing that Erebus did that makes me super sad would still have happened. Yep. So yeah, there'd be the satisfaction of uh, Erebus being dead, but he disappears from the heresy after that. It's like, it's a bit like, um, it's like executing Herman Goring at the end of the Second World War. It's like, yeah, but you know, fucking hell, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the boat's sailed like, on that one. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's dead, but, you know, he's kind of fucked a load of shit already. Yeah. Is I mean, he... there's clo- the closure for people, I think, maybe. Getting him a chain axe to the face. That's one of the things <laughs> that I hate, is I hate that I know Erebus is still a character in 40k. Like, he's yeah. still alive. <laughs> and it's like, why? Why take away Argletown? who undisputedly is one of the best characters in the whole heresy series of books, but still keep Erebus, which is just the worst person, just the worst. (laughs) Makes me super sad. Do you know what? I I, I think the fact Erebus is still alive at the end of Betrayer is because uh, Dembski Bowden spends so much fucking time with Abnett. Yeah. That's the real reason. Yeah, they just want to hurt us. I was talking yeah. to Ollie about it earlier, and Ollie was like reading ADB books and Abner books is like being in an abusive relationship with the fiction. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Here's um here's one for you, uh, Dan. What if the Emperor hadn't managed to trick Mars into believing he was the Omnissiah? <laughs> uh, but but he is the Omnissiah. Um, <laughs> don't touch, don't listen to him, Mister Toaster. It's not real. Um, well, would he have invaded? So, would Terra at that point have been able to defeat Mars? I think is the is the actual question. So, so they the, had the, they had Luna by that point. Yeah, had so Luna. they had the Selenar. Yeah, but so they were mass, a, mass producing mass producing legionaries. But is that enough to beat the Mechanicum on Mars? I don't think, I, I think so because they they didn't no, have Titans. They wouldn't yeah. have had knights. Or if they did have knights, they wouldn't have like the good ones. Yeah, I, I think he would have been looking down the barrel of um, almost actually um, the the crusade starting maybe even a century or later, yeah. because you'd have they'd have this war going on in the solar system for decades. But it's not just the solar system because it was it was Mars that. That said, oh, he's the Omnissiah. So then all the other Forge worlds that were part of the Martian Empire were like, cool, we'll ally with this guy then. Because suddenly, if if you turn up and Mars is like, you're not the Omnissiah, you're a very naughty boy. <laughs> and then there's just Earth versus the Martian Empire. Mm, that's, that's a bad, bad time. time, isn't it? Plus there's all the stuff that he locked away in the vaults and said you can't have access to that anymore, it's naughty. But as we established, um, that was probably a good idea, TM. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. There is a, there is a question later on, I believe, uh, that is: should the emperor just have destroyed Mars? But I don't think he'd be, he would have been able to. No, I, like you say, that that's that's like kicking a grizzly sleeping grizzly bear in the ass. It's like you get the first <laughs> kick in, but that's it, and then you're fucked. Yeah, I, I think the, the answer to that is very simple. If you hadn't managed to convince them that he was the Omnisire, you're talking about an unwinnable war. Yeah. Yeah. I think convincing them he was the Omnisire is what enabled the crusade. Mm. Well, I mean, when you think about it, he just come off a crusade on Earth to you know, shut down uh, any kind of, you know, all kind of religions and... Um, uh, worship of deities and then goes to Mars and goes guess what guys I'm one of your deities I'm your deity I'm not sure I'm saying that right deity deity so that's it sorry and it's like I'm well your, that's, I'm your sex wizard yeah so it's <laughs> like well it's quite clear that he knew that if he didn't do that which is going against everything he's tried to teach everyone then he'd be fucked here's the thing right so I, I think the emperor in this regard is like um, the CIA. So it's like, oh no, in this country we have freedom and democracy. Next door, that's fine. You can have you can have your right-wing Fruit Loops, that's fine, because we can keep you in power. And it's the same thing. It's like, no gods here, no gods here, apart from these guys, because we want to keep them sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, well, the next one's a good one. So... Other than me and Spencer, has anyone read the Alpharius book? Yes. No. Okay, spoiler alert for the listeners. What if Malkador or Erda or Alpharius had gotten fed up with Valder and shoved him down a flight of stairs before the Great Crusade started? (laughs) I mean, he fucking deserves it, doesn't he? So... I have such a love-hate relationship with Valdor. Like, in the Siege books, he is so cool. Like, he, he's just this unflappable, like, he has everything under control, knows what he's doing. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's cool. In his own book, he's such a whiny bitch. He's just like, oh, I don't really have a choice. I guess I'll just do what the Emperor tells me because I don't have a choice. Oh, uh, woe is me. And it's like, the Emperor made you essentially a fucking Primarch. Let's face it, Valdor is like a, a, a custodian Primarch. Why are you such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> What's your issue, bro? Like, you're charged with defending a nigh-on unkillable god. That must be real hard. Yeah, the real fucking challenge that is. Super difficult to make sure that this this guy... Who is essentially like, as I say, a god, is safe in his own palace, surrounded by his own armies. It's just, I don't know. I don't think Valdor's done anything really in the lore. Like, does he ever fight any of the other Primarchs? Don't know. Anything custodies related. I'm like, oh, just fuck off you Mary Sue wankers. Jesus. 
fuck off, Bellens. Because he wasn't even he wasn't even really in Master of Mankind. No. I think I think if he'd been shoved down the stairs, it would have made a great noise as he just like <laughs> Kong Kong like, like filling a bin bag full of uh like pots and pans and throwing it down some bells. stairs. <laughs> a bag full of bells chucked down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Kong Kong Kong. It'd have no, to be a very very long flight of stairs or a very sharp flight of stairs, because when you reach the bottom of it, he's just gonna get up, walk up the stairs, and be annoying again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's back to kicking the grizzly bear in the testicles while it's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be, of, course, of course, bad shit's going to happen after that. There's going to be so many Custodes players just fuming. Leave Constantine Valder alone. He's a good oh, guy. Fuck off, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you can get to fuck because John Grammaticus is not the answer to all of our questions. Um, <laughs> no, he isn't. He's the answer yeah. to all of our problems. Fucking John Grammaticus. Fucking <laughs> John Grammaticus. Uh, let's find one. Oh, here's a good one. What if Ferris had killed Fulgrim? What? It'd, it'd oh, be the way around. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. Flip it the way around. Um, would he still have got... Uh, would it have had a material impact on... You see, I... So, here's the thing. I reckon if that had been the case, all that would have happened, the demon would have taken his body straight away. Fulgrim's. Basically, yeah, basically, you'd have instant demon prince Fulgrim. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see what you, I see what you're driving at. Because you get you get apotheosis, kind of like boom straight away. I mean that that would be uh, that would make for an epic fight scene in the book. To be honest, it would, and then you'd have to argue whether uh, Ferris might have just delayed his imminent fucking. Oh God! Oh no! Yeah, he's going to ride him like sea biscuit. They're <laughs> like the clappers. Mm. Gonna, Bang gonna like clap, a gate in the wind. <laughs> clap those metallic cheeks. Oh, dear. Yeah. Clap them cheeks. I, I still don't think he would have made it off the planet. He wouldn't have made it off his van because he's he's too angry, and he, he killed Fulgrim. Like Horus probably would have waded in and twatted him, wouldn't he? I I think. He'd have killed Fulgrim, and then the fight would have gone out of him. Because I, yeah, he'd he'd have got cut down by Empress Children at that point, and he'd still be dead. But yeah, I think it's I think it was more the fact that he'd been betrayed by his closest brother mm. that he went into that fury and chased them to Istvan. He yeah, he kills Fulgrim, like drops to his knees, and, oh my god, what have I done? Kind of thing gets mm. murked by Eidolon and all the other guys. And while all that's happening... They're dildo like, knives. The, the demon takes Fulgrim. You know, that, that kind of, like, demon just rises up <laughs> from, yeah. from the ground, and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no, that's bad times. I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah, but do you think the demon would have taken over the body? Because if he's been defeated in combat, then surely he's like, well, you're obviously not good enough. He'll look for a different host. Uh, you see, humiliation's their kink, though. Mm, uh, <laughs> one of their kinks, they the kink. Like, is that there's more? There's not. There's only one. I yeah. I mean, I that if I'm not saying I'm a writer or anything, but I think that's the way I'd probably go with it. It's like, oh, you'd do the instant apotheosis, wouldn't you? Yeah it it would it the would make of... 
for good storytelling. Yeah. Nick says, "What would happen? What if Sanguinius had fallen on Cygnus Prime?" Oh, he did. I, I, I'm buying into the hype that uh, <sighs> uh, the Emperor kills Sanguinius because he turns at the last minute and then he blames it on Horus. Big old black rage. Yeah. That, reckon, that would put such a good spin on the Death Company. Yeah. That, yeah. that potentially could explain the entirety of the Death Company and the, and the Black Rage. Like, yeah. It's a echo of the corruption that he'd suffered from. Yeah. So Sanquinius kills Horus uh, because he surrenders to the rage. Uh, the Emperor finds him, kills Sanguinius, but to preserve the emp- Empire, the Imperium... Says, oh no, Horus is a bastard. He's just killed this dude, and I'm dying. Put me on a golden throne quick. But no, it wouldn't even be that. It'd be just like Dawn turns up and just fills in the blanks. You know, Sanguinus is his golden brother that yeah. can't do no wrong, and Horus was the traitor. Because they both had claws, right? Yeah, man. The Emperor has a power power claw. And obviously, the talent of Horus. Yeah, I mean, I could see a scenario in which Sanguinius fully loses it murders Horus and then the gods are like aha what we wanted all along and Here's they make the thing, Sanguinius right? the champion if, if that's what they're actually planning to do I hope Dan Habnett's listening to this and I hope you, <laughs> I hope you fucking haters for that you bastard <laughs> they spoiled it <laughs> god, god damn, damn it <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn it you, you can see he slowly Dempsey comes Oh me now <laughs> <laughs> he slowly becomes unhinged after Cygnus Prime because he starts he starts seeing all the um, like all the demons and stuff through Ruin Storm like he's super sad during uh, Imperium Secundus yeah and then uh, in the in the <laughs> oh, I don't want to do it and then in the siege books he's got this oh, I don't die today thing going on mm. and it's like I wouldn't rely on that mate I wouldn't be <laughs> You've seen fucking Kurs. Why are you walking down the same path Kurs walked down with this surety of what's going to happen in the future? I'm just going to, just going to dive through the eye hole of this Titan back in a minute. <laughs> it would be the, like, just imagine how utterly morally, like, it would destroy your morale if you're stood on the line with Sanguinius. And Sanguinius is like, today is not the day I die. And then a fucking like artillery round just hits him in the dick. And he just, <laughs> just turns into 80,000 different pieces of Primark. <laughs> <laughs> like at that point, you're just like, cool, I'm just going to put this Laz rifle in my, in my mouth. Like, GG, peace out. Tube. Yeah, I'll be like, <laughs> I, I see, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's my maybe it's kind of like um, proletariat kind of like upbringing. I'll be like, I don't don't I don't need a motivational speech from you, you giant wing flapping dickhead. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm here with a crash at and a las gun. I can't fly off when shit gets real. <laughs> but, I mean Bellend. Gonna throw the scenario out there, the way I'd write it if it happened. If I was if I was the George R. R. Martin of, of Horace Heresy, Sanguinis dies on the line. He's killed by a Titan or a, a stray round or whatever. He just dies on the line. Gets hit by a Medusa shell when he wasn't looking. Yeah. He, he goes to take flight, takes like a Medusa shell to the tits, is is dead. His whole <laughs> legion at that point surely just loses the plot and just murders everything, right? Yeah. 
Like they just start butchering their way through like the imperial lines. They go and high five the world eaters. Like it's, it's like with this unreasoning hatred of Medusas. All of a sudden, <laughs> they're just punching Medusa tanks to death. You bastard! Yeah. Uh, oh, here's an interesting one from Ollie. What if the scars had turned traitor? Mm. I mean, they they did, didn't they? The Tokyo drifting wankers. I don't think they did, did they? Uh, half of them did. Well, part of them did, didn't oh, they? Oh, yeah, there was the whole schism. I forgot about that. Yeah, so, oh, no, no, we made a terrible mistake. That's okay, just keep going until you've killed yourselves. That's fine. I forgive you, now go die. I think there's there several points he could have, like when Mortarian confronted him on Prospero. Um, yeah, you see, I, I, I think... It... I don't think. I think if they were going to go traitor, what you would they would they'd have just fucked off into the galaxy somewhere and gone. Yeah, peace, we're out. They'd have pulled. They'd have pulled a night lord. Except they'd have done it right. They'd have just disappeared into the ghoul stars or something and formed their own empire. Yeah, done a gulliman without all the whiny bullshit. <laughs> Fucking Mortarian comes back. Bro fists Horus. I did it. He's on our side. Get to Terra. Where is he? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. It's not. It's not on that side, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the key. All, that's, that's the key. All thing. that really matters. Let's let's find a, a good one. Uh, well, we'll do a silly one from Keith. What if Mortarian had been called Minty? <laughs> It'd be ironic, I suppose, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what if Space Marines actually tasted delicious to normal humans? <laughs> yeah. I'm having myself a slice of iron hand. Um, <laughs> uh, this might be a serious one from Keith, which is a surprise. What if the Emperor had killed Corfaron as soon as he'd met him? I think uh, there'd be a lot less abused children on um, Caucasus. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is a really good one. Okay. What if the Emperor had seen the writing on the wall, evacuated the legions and whoever else could be taken, blown up his labs, atomized Luna and Mars, and abandoned Terra to the traitors and the demons in the webway, and just gone to McCrag and set up again? The important thing is the Imperium and the Emperor, not Terra. Ooh, controversial. Um, well, there's kind of... I'm trying to think which book it's in where one of the uh, perpetuals has a vision of what the world would look like if Horus won. And he goes through what I think one of the scenarios is, is the emperor evacuates. And I'm fairly certain that's one of the scenarios that they, they kind of one of the future scenarios. They, this uh, psychic perpetual imagines or uh, says I've this. I was going to say, there's something about like the planet cracking and another chaos god being born. Yeah, I, I think if they if they fled Terra, they'd lose. Like, I, I don't know what it is. The, I think it's because the Emperor's palace, like Dawn had spent all that time fortifying it, and spent all this time building this. And now we're fucking off, you bellend. <laughs> like if he'd said, right, okay. Horace has turned traitor, fuck it, we'll go to McCrack. I mean, the Shadow Crusade fucking wrecked the 500 worlds. Like, 
that was just two legions. Yeah. If you if you bring the full might of because the like the soul system is already heavily defended. Mars is there. Mars is like just the most ridiculous fortress world. Luna was pretty heavily defended. Earth itself. There's Battlefleet Solar. There's Pluto. There's the whole the whole soul system was made into a fortress, and I don't think in the seven, ten years that you have between Istvan and the Siege, Dawn could have done that to McCrag. No. I, th- I think it just leads to the 500 worlds getting wrecked. I mean, yeah, I guess you have the Blood Angels and you have the Dark Angels because of Sotha. Hmm. But I-, I still think they lose. Here's, yeah. one's for- Here's one's for Keith, okay? What if... Swan Gwynius. <laughs> what if Sanguinius was a swan, Keith? Can you still take that? <laughs> we, we, we all know he reckons oh, he can take a goose. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, a swan is just a war goose, right? <laughs> it's it's the um, war master version of the uh, <laughs> of the goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we should we should put some context on this uh our, our good friend mr vasey keith uh, is absolutely deadly seriously certain that he could have any goose in existence <laughs> yeah he's 100 percent like i have made war on geese yeah i mean i i for one want to see it i, I want to see it i want to see keith versus goose i will pay money <laughs> versus goose I'll, I'll, I will pay money put money on the table where we where, where he lives he lives opposite a park and on that park they have geese fuck it let's make this shit happen we'll film it I could, <laughs> I could, tempt, him all, I could tempt him across the park with a fuck ton of bread put it on <laughs> in his front garden and then you just post that one slice of toast through his door so he knows who it was <laughs> right we'll have we'll have one last one and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up at this segment, at least. So, this is from Sam. What if the end of the Siege of Terror, an old man w- wakes up startled, sat in his chair by the fire? A small <laughs> child runs over and asks the old man what, why he's so scared. The old man stands up, walks to the child and crouches down next to them, wipes a tear from the small boy's cheek, looks him in the eye and says, nothing, Horace. Just a bad dream. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was there the moment Horace killed the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like the end of Lost one set that's what it'd be I wouldn't know because I got so bored with Lost that I didn't watch past the third fourth season mm. once we but knew what the smoke monster it. was that was it I was only in it for the smoke monster I don't think I, I think you're in every other fan I think if Abner ended the last book because I'm pretty sure it's Abner that's going to write the last book at this point if he ended it with Malkador woke up in his chair I'd be furious (laughs) (laughs) I would be absolutely fuming (laughs) fucking Malkador so again slight spoilers to the people that aren't caught up to at least Saturnine in the books I'm so glad that it's finally been confirmed that Malkador A isn't like a an aspect of the emperor 
mm. and it's a perpetual. Because for so long, it's been one of these kind of like, oh, what's Malkador? How has he been alive for thousands of years? I'm also really glad that they brought the Edra character into the, the heresy. Mm. Because it, it adds quite a human aspect to the creation of the Primarchs, but it also explains why the Primarchs were scattered, other than chaotic bullshit. And I don't understand why so many neckbeards were so angry about it. Because at the time they were like, oh, they've just brought some feminist bullshit into it. And it's like, well, no. Like, where did you think the other half of the genetic material for the fucking Primarchs came from? There has to be a female involved at some point. Yeah, otherwise it all looked like they lived in Colville. Goof. <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, you couldn't actually defend that. No, I, I enjoyed some of those what-ifs. Some of them are, are quite interesting. Some of them are stupid, like uh, Nick and John Grammaticus. But... And Swan, Swan Grinius? That Swan Grinius is a work of art. Because there's... <laughs> he, uh, he posted a picture, and there, it, it is a swan photoshopped into Sagrinus's armour, and it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, will, I will put money on fucking Keith versus a goose, to be honest. Yeah, let's make this shit happen. I, I want to see this happen. Like, it verges on animal cruelty, and also, like, hobo fight. But... Uh, I- I, I, I'm prepared to sacrifice a goose and Keith Vasey in order to see what happens. I, I think we need I, to... That's a price I'm willing to pay. We need to up the ante because Keith is 100% sure he can take a goose. I want to strap knives to the geese feet. <laughs> <laughs> knife wings. Oh, oh, God, knife wings. wings. Oh, God. We just, yeah, because it, we can't make it too... We can't arm it too well, otherwise it'll, it will no. take over the world, Ant. Yeah, right. yeah. We, We've got to be able to take it down. Suddenly you'll see the news and Boris Johnson's been replaced by the war goose and it's just got (laughs) war paint on it. (laughs) Silver beak screaming, witness me! (laughs) (laughs) Probably do a better job. It would quite literally goose step. (laughs) (laughs) Taxi for Ross. Taxi for Ross. I think we might have reached the end of the podcast, chaps. Yes. <laughs> Not just That's today's that. episode, but all the podcasts. That's it. It's That's over it. now. <laughs> reached three episodes, we're done. I'm going I'm nice, nice to queue up a sad trombone. Nice round, round figure to finish on, right? Oh, man, you know what? I might, I might literally title this, like, the final, the last, episode. The final episode. Just see people be like, what? what clickbait. Oh. Yeah, clickbait. <laughs> Episode 20. You'd be fine. Oh, you could do something more subtle, like, um, it, it's been a pleasure, people. <laughs> what if yeah. this was the last episode? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, that'll I'd do have, it. I'd have, I'd have uh, an evening back a month. <laughs> you, I mean, but you've just, we've just got new music and a new logo and everything. Yeah, we shouldn't trail the new music. Well... Uh, we are about to. I think twenty though is a good is a good episode to say we're going to uh, launch into a bit of a rebrand with some some new imagery and some funky music and all the rest of it. Yeah. But for the next one, for the next one, keep your eye out for that. It's going to be spicy. Also, keep an eye out for any video content that Dan might throw your way. He made oh. he made a very very funny 
like <laughs> who's who of the 69th fleet and yeah, yeah it was it was chef's kiss it was so good i'm yet to see that what because uh, i've been because i've been busy with work and all that kind of mumbo jumbo bollocks i've been just like rushed off my ass right i'm yet, uh, I've yet to see it oh fuck me right i'll stick it I'll in fi- I'll, I'll find it i'll find it in the um in the the fucking it's the just scroll chat. up a bit in signal it'll be in there yeah but here's yes, here's but the we are, we are go on ellis mm. once we've got our new logo mate we're gonna make dice oh he's he's asked a couple of times about dice i think tom has as well i think we have reached that point where we know uh in our own hearts that this is going to carry on for a while this is part of our lives now it's time to start acting like we kind of think we understand what's going on and we're not just shouting at a microphone (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with you, I still haven't got a fucking clue. Most of the stuff you've talked about tonight, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every day is a school day, and Every day yeah, but I, school if, day. None of it means anything. <laughs> 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 like, what's going on about? I'm like, it's world uh, eaters. Yeah, I know that bit. <laughs> I cannot wait <clears throat> to take Ant through the uh, like the Legion lore episodes, just so he can... Because I I deliberately, deliberately want to do those in person so Ant can butt in and ask questions and, it, and and we can have a proper discussion about it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, it's probably worth saying that we're pretty much all fully uh, 5G upgraded now, aren't we? Yes. I, um, As of last Saturday, yeah. yeah I have been for a while. At the minute. Uh, oh, in yeah. the platform. Yeah, and, and everybody needs to be scared because Ollie's getting his first jab now, which means he'll be allowed back out to start stabbing people. One of the one of the what ifs that I didn't throw out there was from Nick, and it was what if Ollie's curse was crochet and not stabbing? Would we all be covered in hats? <laughs> we, it'd, it'd be like that. What's it called? Um, is it like gorilla knitting? Where they <laughs> yeah, put, put hats on less boxes and shit. Oh, what? Lil's actually doing one of those. Um. They stopped calling it yarn bombing because bombing obviously has a negative connotation. Lil? I'm going to find out. I call her. I've summoned Lil. Lil has told me. It's either craftivism, which I think is very nice, or it's a yarn stellation. But it's like, (laughs) they're planning one where they're going to cover trees in pom-poms and put like essentially crochet condoms over bollards yes <laughs> i want to see the bollards with the crochet condoms I, I one of for that one of the parish councils told them they couldn't do it oh yeah it's technically it's vandalism they're literally the parish council from fucking hot fuzz i mean fuck those guys Come, come the revolution, they're all going to the wall anyway, so... <laughs> what they the want to do, right, is... Here you go, here's, here's Ant's top tip of vandalism. So put put them on, like, as in put these crochet things on, and then get watered-down PVA and just pour it all over the top so it sticks to it. <laughs> yes! Yarn concrete, let's go! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or cover it, in, cover it in resin. Oh, yeah, clear resin. Oh, my God. That might be worth a, a litre of uh, resin from a supplier and just tip it over. 
<laughs> and the thing yes. is, though, if you get if you get the resin that dries in ultraviolet light, and if you do it yeah. on a sunny day, yeah, it'll be drying. It'll be it'll be done in ten minutes. Good Lord. getting that shit off. Right. Well, it's been emotional, gentlemen. I hope you've all enjoyed that out there in internet world. We will see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.